Welcome to the Horns of Light Chronicles. Peter Berbalus chronicles his family story, prophecy, and testimony. God's story unfolds from his grandfather in Lithuania, Nazi Germany, the Russian Revolution, to Ronald Reagan and the fall of the Berlin Wall, the gospel spreading across to Eastern Europe, how God called Peter to Petra Jordan, and so much more as prophecy and testimonies unfold. And now the Horns of Light Chronicles. So welcome to a new segment here on Christian Cargai. I recently did a show called The Horns of Light, and so I actually I wanted my listeners to have a chance to hear the whole story, so to speak, get all sorts of different threads that are coming out of this story, as I think God's clearly up to a lot of things that, that through listening to these uh, testimonies, essentially we can see how God comes through, but at the same time, we perhaps could get some insight of what he might be up to in our lives or even worldwide. And so as we hear Pete's stories, I, I think they're absolutely marvelous what I know of them, and so I think you're going to be excited to get more of the story. So we got Pete Berbalis, and he is my Horns of Light friend that, that I did, again, that picture there at ChristianCarGuy.com. But the story goes way back, actually, several generations. And so, Pete, I'll let you take it from there. Sure. And uh, kind of, you know, where this starts for me is starting to realize that there's threads of this story that uh, really start with my grandfather and uh, kind of that uh, belief, just as God worked through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, um, that he really desires to use families and work through generations. Um, so that's kind of uh, where looking at his life, uh, I've seen how some of the things that the Lord started in his life are beginning to manifest again uh, in my life. And his story really begins in Lithuania. Um, he was uh, basically, uh, when he was in his uh, late teens, he was just kind of trying to figure out what to do with his life, like most teenagers are. And uh, he decided to become a shop teacher, um, and he had to go to Germany to be trained uh, to get his certificate. Uh, not a lot of colleges and those types of things in Lithuania. Um, so when he finished his training, uh, Hitler at that time was starting to come to power, and he would come to all the graduations. And Hitler showed up at his uh, graduation, and he just knew at that point in time that uh, this man was evil. Uh, so he refused to kind of go through the the greeting line or the shaking of hands um, and, and refused to shake his hand. And there was no consequence to that because he, uh, he was not in a place of power yet, but it just kind of gives you an insight and understanding even in our times, um, how we need to be cautious about what our kids are being taught and, and what they're learning. Um, and, and that'll uh, show up again uh, in a little bit. So, he, he, in his kind of, I think, late teens, early 20s, uh, the Methodist Church is starting to work in Lithuania, and he uh, comes to know Christ as his personal Savior um, and uh, begins doing evangelism. So they would take uh, brass bands and march them through uh, the center of town, and that would create a noise, and um, people would follow, and then they'd uh, start preaching the gospel to those that had gathered um, kind of doing the horse-to-horse, -horse, uh, riding horse from town-to-town -town type of deal. Um, and that was kind of where he just started to uh, get, a, get a passion uh, for the Lord and for his work. And uh, during this time, um, the Methodist Church had come to him and asked for him to go to seminary to become a pastor. 
and he really had no desire uh, to go into ministry. Um, so he had told them no, and they came back again, and uh, he still really didn't want to. And the story that uh, he kind of told me of this moment in his life was he was walking in the woods, and he said it was, you know, uh, just a heavy thought that he knew wasn't his own. He said it was kind of like the audible voice of God, but it wasn't audible. And uh, the Lord just spoke to him and said, if you if you don't go to seminary, uh, the the people of this nation will suffer. And he had that kind of, who am I, Lord? Who am I that uh, that, that, that would matter uh, type of moment? So he decided to go to um, seminary. He was a really intelligent uh, man. You know, he, he spoke five languages um, and would study from sunup to sundown type of thing, uh, so much so that a doctor came to him and said, you need to stop this. It's not good for your health. And from that point, he developed a habit of walking every day. Um, so he gets ordained as a pastor, and he's also a teacher, and then uh, communism comes into Lithuania, and Russia takes over Lithuania without a shot fired, uh, once again, kind of just stressing the importance uh, in our time of the ideologies that are floating around in our schools and how important it is to pay attention to those and stop those, uh, stop those ideologies. Um, so my grandfather... Uh, Basically, then, um, it's not good to be both a uh, teacher and a pastor. So the uh, the Russians gather him up and take him in for interrogation and uh, kind of rough him up a little bit on the way in uh, to the interrogation and are speaking very harshly to him. And uh, they brought him into a room and wanted a list of every single member of his congregation. And he said it was just uh, that, that passage in the New Testament where it talks about when you're brought before governors, don't worry about what to speak, uh, but the Holy Spirit will give you utterance um, and, and the words to speak. And uh, he always just described this story as that passage coming to life at that moment. And he said there was just a boldness that came upon him, and uh, he told them to ask the commander, uh, because his wife was at their house all the time, and she could be the one to provide that list. And he said instantly the tone changed. Uh, they were very nice to him, and they kind of ushered him out and uh, sent him on his way. Um, and during this time, then, I mean, some things that you just don't fully understand, uh, he, he enters into kind of that uh, cup of suffering um, that uh, many of many people have to uh, go through. He loses a son, and uh, by the end of his life, uh, three of the, he had to bury three of his sons. And he talks about that in a manner of that being the hardest thing uh, to do. Even you know, going through the war and all these types of different things, um, those the burial of uh, his three sons was the the hardest thing uh, because it's just not the natural course of life. Um, and along the way. Uh, before he became a pastor, uh, he met my grandmother, and my grandmother had kind of a powerful testimony, too. She would go around singing uh, with a group, and um, she came to the Lord. when she came to the Lord, she got kicked out of her house, and uh, her family disowned her as a result of her faith. Um, so that, uh, so uh, they ended up uh, married with Lithuania, pastoring a church, and it was the only Methodist church at that time in all of Lithuania. Um, 
so then the next part of the story leads to um, the Germans coming in on uh, their blitzkrieg and basically, you know, kind of an overnight type of thing. Uh, they take control of Lithuania and the Russians flee and they didn't have time to get rid of all the paperwork. Um, so they're just, uh, they're kind of gone in, in like a day's type of time. Um, there's a prisoner kind of a war camp that's set up not right next to the, the church and the home. And my dad remembers uh, going and kind of sneaking uh, some of the prisoners food and, and that type of thing. Um, and during that time is when uh, the uh, execution of the Jewish people starts to happen in Lithuania. Um, that's one of the places I believe there were couple hundred thousand Jewish people, two, three hundred thousand Jewish people. But by the time the war ends, I think there might be 30 or 40,000 left, if that. Uh, so it was just a mass uh, extermination. And my grandfather had heard about this happening, and he just wanted to verify uh, that this, these stories were true that were coming to him. So we uh, took a walk out to the woods of Lithuania, um, where one of these uh, atrocities was told to have happened and he uh, remembers the smell of death and uh, the story he told me was it was the blood was still literally bubbling up from the ground so they would um, they would uh, force uh, the people to dig their own grave basically they dig the big ditch and then uh, the executions would happen and then um, they would be uh, it would be buried over and that's kind of starts a thread in my life I believe of uh, of um kind of uh, a love for the for the jewish people and uh and the plans that god still has yet to fulfill uh through them um so then uh the germans uh fail basically in that uh brutal winter um and russia comes back and uh he described kind of trying to figure oh and during this time when the when the um uh, uh, when the Russians had to flee, they couldn't get rid of the paperwork. Uh, so when the Nazis came, they published the names of everybody who was due to be shipped off to Siberia uh, by the Russians. And my grandfather was on that list. And uh, somehow he found out that had the uh, Germans not come within the next, I believe it was week or two, he would have been shipped off to Siberia uh, and deported as a result of his being both a pastor and a teacher. So the Russians are coming back, and he kind of described it as you really didn't have much time to pray. It was just kind of, you know, you just had to trust that the Lord was going to guide your steps. And it's, you know, there wasn't a good choice. You had to choose between Stalin and Hitler. And uh, the sad thing was the choice that he had to make, knowing that uh, he would be deported, was he had to uh, flee to Germany. So as the um, Germans were uh, withdrawing, um, they uh, fled into Germany, and he just talks about the difficulty of that time um, in the sense of, as a pastor, uh, you're having people die, heart attacks right next to you, um, families pleading with you to take their children, um, and uh, my dad had developed tuberculosis, so, and he had three children of his own um, at that I mean, two others, one had died at that point in time, so two other boys and my dad, and with my dad's tuberculosis, uh, he just, they, they were traveling slow, so they could not take any, any more on, so he just talks about the heartache 
of that time of seeing all this death around you and not being able uh, to help. Um, so that uh, so basically they make it um, into Germany, and uh, as a result of his time uh, and education in Germany, he uh, had made connections uh, with a German man who was in charge of one of the railroad yards. So he provides a, a railroad car for my dad and their and uh, their family to live in. Um, one day, he, uh, him and my grandmother go to town to get some food, and on their way back, um, they're stopped by the German soldiers, and they see that my grandfather is a young man, and they want to know why he isn't serving in the military, so they want to conscript uh, both him and my grandmother at that time. And uh, they said, even though you're, you know, non-citizens of this country, you need to serve this country if you're going to reap the benefits of this place. So um, they wanted to take both of them with uh, my dad and his two brothers in the railroad cart, but my grandmother was able to plead with them and they released her, but took my grandfather and my grandfather told her as he was taken that they would meet up at the owner of the, or at the manager of the railroad company's yard once he was able uh, to be free of, of the service. So he's taken to the front lines then to dig, uh, to dig ditches um, for the Nazis. And uh, as once he gets there, they realize that he's able to speak four or five languages and most of the people digging ditches are Poland, uh, Lithuanian, Russian, um, so they use him as a translator, so kind of uh, as, as a result of uh, the gift that God had given him uh, to speak many languages, he's able to, uh, to avoid the manual labor. Um, stories that go with that is one day he's, uh, they, everybody wakes up and uh, the German soldiers had retreated and left all kind of the ditch diggers, um, and so many of them, uh, just decided to leave the camp. Also, uh, my grandfather didn't really know what to do, so he stayed. Um, the rush, the Russians were not breaking, did not break through the lines like the Germans thought, so the Germans came back, and uh, my grandfather was there, and some of the people were still there, and they thought that my grandfather had uh, told all the uh, people to leave, so uh, one of the younger soldiers put a gun to my grandfather's head and was uh, ready to shoot him. And then uh, the older, a couple older soldiers intervened and said, there's no way this man could coordinate all this. The people just left on their own. So it was kind of God's mercy on uh, sparing his life. Um, that situation happens again. And uh, and this time my grandfather... I, I hate to jump in on you there, Pete, but we're about at the end of this episode so i'm sure like me you're wondering what happens on this and, and again i will tell you that what happens with his grandfather is almost mind-blowing in other words what god is is doing throughout this there's a real reason why he's protecting his life his family's life even now to this very day you know he's at work in all of our lives and so we will be back soon with another one of these episodes with pete burbless and horns of light 